Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Matt Garland, NMLS number 58700, better known as MG the Mortgage Guy. Today, on this beautiful Monday, we are discussing interest rates. Interest rates have increased back over 7%. Uh, last week, I posted about this on my Instagram page because the jobs report came in uh, much better than expected, which sent mortgage rates in a frenzy. And now we're over 7%. We got Tooks Productions in the building as well, ladies and gentlemen. I forgot. I think this is my camera. Yeah, this is... This you camera. don't know what camera's yours now? I have to switch it up a little bit. Yeah, it happens. This looks like. It happens. It's been a few days since we, we've been on the channel. Um, we got some changes happening yeah. to the channel that we're going to announce, hopefully this week, if Tooks can do what he needs to do. And get nah, it. it's already done, bro. It's already done. Did they send it to you? Nah, I just spoke to him. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's we're good to go. Okay, then we're good to go. Tanisha, yeah. what's going on? Loan officer, Keyshawn, what is going on? All right, so we're going to talk about interest rates today. Uh... <laughs> What's your name? Oh, that's my girl. <laughs> see, I can't see. Like, like, that's how I got to look. I got to look mad close. Like, this camera's Basuda, bro. Give me back my original camera. Like, I'm like, who? what'd you say? <laughs> <laughs> Looking like a Spike Lee. Like some old Spike Lee transition thing that just happened. Uh, Chic Mortgage Millennial says, we the people are tired of the interest rates and the increases. So... Trey asked the question. She said, what are today's interest rates? Well, the market today ended for a conventional mortgage with 20% down with a credit score over 760, purchasing a primary residence, single family home, on average, 7.125% for a 30-year mortgage. Mm -hmm. um, now, I can tell you, this is on average. This is not a rate quote. First and foremost, let me be clear. I'm not quoting you interest rates. I'm just telling you what the market averages are. This is for informational purposes only. That's a disclaimer, mm -hmm. okay? Um, now, if you have low credit scores and going conventional in this market, you're gonna be at least 8%, maybe yeah. higher. Now, FHA closed out today. Let me just go to my little trusty notes here. FHA closed out damn near at 7% as well, 6.875% on a 30-year fix. Um, yeah, so it's getting higher for the primary browser. Now, for investment properties, and this is for single-family properties, once you get into multifamily properties, whether it's a primary uh, or investment property, when you start talking cash-out refinances, oh, boy, best to believe you're going to probably be close to 8% for those rates and investment properties above 8% right now, ladies and gentlemen, above 8% for investment properties. And this is conventional financing, meaning full documentation loans. You know what a full documentation loan is, Tooks? Um, do I know what a full doc loan is? Yes. We've talked about this several times here on the channel. Is it literally what it sounds like? 
What does it sound like to you? Like you need all your documents to get approved. What documents are needed to get approved or pre-approved talks? Um, I'm assuming bank statements are one of them, right? Correct. Uh, employment history? Correct. But that's not a document. Okay. Um, so what's the document? What's the document? W-2. How many years? Two years, consistent. W-2, W-2, self-employed, self-employed. Self-employed, what do you need? Why is my phone going off? Oh, I'm calling people. Um, <laughs> self-employed, you need uh, last... Wait, what do you need for self-employed? Last two years of tax returns. Yeah, last yeah two years. Yes, last two years of tax returns. Uh-huh. Last two years of W-2s. Type right. in chat. Type in chat, guys. Are we missing need. a document? Yeah, so you need 30 days of pay stub. If you okay. are W-2, you need last two months of bank statements or pages. Right. You need a copy of your ID. You need, um, like I said, W-2s, last two years. If you're self-employed, you need last two years of your tax returns. That's it, right? Yeah, you got to complete a loan application for whatever lender you choose to work with. But that's the initial documentation you need. Now, if you own real estate already, then they will want to see your... Um, Mortgage statements, your most recent mortgage statement okay. for the properties that you own and copy of the homeowner's insurance policies for the properties that you own as well. So that's like, that's a full documentation loan. Do you need a GED, do you need a GED for this or no? Do you need a GED? Well, no, you don't need to be a high school dropout, <laughs> a high like, school gra- graduate. I saw that. I was like, wait, what? A GED? Somebody commented that you need a GED. What, to buy a house? To buy a Wait, house. No. <laughs> Who the fuck y'all listening to? Nobody's ever said I don't that. Know if that was troll comment or if that was a joke. Oh, was man, that's crazy. <laughs> oh, that's type beast. Type beast. What are you talking about, man? <laughs> you don't need no GED. They might need your blood type, your firstborn, right? <laughs> but that's full documentation. Yeah. They want all your paperwork. They want to make sure that your ability to repay is there. Right. So... Conventional loan is for full documentation loans. So when you think conventional, think you need all this paperwork. Now, and even if you're buying investment properties as well, you're going to need all this paperwork. Yeah. But now when you go investment property, if you're buying your LLC, okay. you don't need all this paperwork. But for LLC now, when you see conventional rates, 7 to 8.5% range, oh boy, yeah, those I'm LLC not. rates are going to be 8 to 10%. Okay. Maybe higher, depending on your overall deal. So the market is up and stuck with interest rates right now, currently, ladies and gentlemen. Plan to be here for a while. It's a cold summer. It's rates a cold are, summer. It's a cold summer. Rates are high. It's up and stuck. So what about election? Is that going to change all these rates? Uh, at some point, it probably will. If the Republicans come in office, they are probably going to be on their campaign trail of making America great again right? and trying to boost the economy. But the economy is doing very well right now. You know, feds have been, the, the inflation numbers have been going down, which is um, a good thing. Yeah. But the growth of the economy and the jobs report is what really sent ticked up rates last week because there were a lot of jobs mm. that were added. And People are going to spend money. So inflation might actually start going up a little bit because people are spending money. So 
I say all this to say, ladies and gentlemen, if you are in the market to shop for a home this summer, be prepared to lock above 7%. It's very simple. Now, I hate when people say, especially real estate professionals, I put this on my page the other day too on Instagram. They say, date the rate and marry the house. Yeah. I swear I hate that. You posted this. Yes. Yeah. I went on a little rant on threads. Make sure you tap in with me on threads as well. Um, and I went on a little rant over there because I hate that saying because I think it's going to set people up for failure. If you don't, if you cannot afford the house, don't buy it. Sit on the sidelines, okay. Save more money, educate yourself some more, go through that process. Don't put yourself in a position to get foreclosed on because you are dating the rate, but you want to marry the house. Now, the reason why I say they're setting up people for failure on this is several different reasons. Number one is, do you understand what that means? Date, date the rate, marry the house? Um, so it sounds like the, the rate is just a temporary thing. So that means if you want to get into a house, like you can refinance later on down the road, right? So don't get, don't get like hung up on the rate right now because you can refinance later on. Correct. Basically. That's what I'm assuming it is. Yes, you are 110% right. Right, that's the date the rate marry the house line. But what they don't say in that is that refinance is not a guarantee. Mm -hmm. Refinancing, you have to qualify to refinance. Right. Meaning your credit needs to be good, your debt to income ratio needs to meet the, the product guidelines that you're applying for. And most importantly, you need to have equity in your home to refinance. So when I hear folks say, well date the rate, Marry the house, blah, 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 because when rates go down, there's going to be an onslaught of buyers that's going to come to the market. Mm -hmm. I agree with that, too, because when we go from seven to five, oh, best to believe, it's going to be a whole lot, lot of buyers that's going to hit the market. Yeah. But I'm always, and it's less competition right now. Yes, I agree, because the rates are higher. I agree with that. But I think you have to be clear when you say date the rate, marry the house, explain in the same sentence, yo, you may be able to date the rate currently right now, but don't mean you're going to have opportunity to date in the future. <laughs> because if you don't qualify, ain't no dates. Yeah. Like, ain't no dates. Because what happens is when most people purchase a home, especially a first-time home buyer, right, what do they do? They got to furnish the house. They got to move. They want to do all these things. They may want to do some home improvements. And yeah. what do they normally, they don't have the cash in most cases. So what are they using? Their credit. So when you close, most people are buying furniture on credit cards, yeah. moving expenses on credit cards, home improvements are on credit cards. And it's not like they're in a financial position because they barely had enough money to put down, down payment and closing costs. So in, in some cases, I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I'm just... So yeah. in facts, because I've seen this happen all the time. They go into more debt mm -hmm. to just make the house nice. Right. Because making a house is, especially you work hard. You don't want to have the same furniture that you've been sleeping on and having on your couch in your living room for the last seven, seven years or five years in your apartment. You want to be able to come into your new house and like have nice, beautiful furniture, have it laid out. And in most cases, you're going to burn up your credit and your utilization is going to go higher. Mm -hmm. And then that in turn can lower your credit score. So that doesn't mean that 
in a year, two years, if rates do drop, you will be in position to refinance. What if life happens and you lose your job and your income decreases? Anything can happen. So when people are going into these date the rate, marry the house type of situations, like we can afford it, we qualify barely, right? Our DTI works, but remember that's your net income you're getting qualified on. Yeah. It's not your gross. You're not taking into consideration all your other expenses, utilities, house maintenance, et cetera, et cetera. And then you're running up all this new debt. You're putting yourself in a bad position. Right. So that's why I hate that term, date the rate, marry the house. You can always refinance in the future. I hate that because I feel like it's misleading. And it's not really educating the, the home buyer on all the negative things or all the cons that can happen later on down the road. So this is why I try to preach affordability and eligibility are two different things. This is why I always say that you got to make sure you can afford the house. I think I said this in D.C. this weekend, too, when I was on stage. Yeah, you did. You I, did. I think I've been saying that for a couple of years, too. Yeah, I didn't understand it until recently. So, yeah, makes sense. Yeah. So this is all I'm trying to say when I say I hate that saying, uh, date the rate, marry the house. I think it's just stupid. <laughs> How about don't buy the house if you can't afford it? <laughs> like, don't buy a house if you can't afford it. If you yeah. can't afford the house, don't buy the house. 7%, 7 7.5%, 8% on three, four, five, $600,000 is no joke. Yeah. That is no joke. That is an expensive payment for most people. So if and, and if you're and if you're ba and low, yo, you gotta pay attention to your debt to income ratio. All you first of all, in in the comments right now, I wanna I want you to be honest. If you are right now home shopping, whether you're watching this live or on a replay, if you are home shopping right now, you've been pre-approved recently. Do you know what your DTI is? And if you do, type it in chat. What is your DTI right now? I wanna see something. I'm gonna give y'all one second. I wanna see what your DTI is. And be real with yourself. Right? What is your DTI? Because if you're telling me you're at a 45% DTI, 43% DTI, you're really above 55% because you're gross. I mean, because when you do your number off your net, right? Someone said 33%, okay? That's a very low DTI for your gross income. Net, you're probably in the 40s. Someone said 28% is their current DTI, right? Those are good low, low DTI numbers. Yeah. But in most cases, people are getting qualified at the max because home prices have increased and interest rates have increased. So lenders, we're going to max out your DTI to get you the house for whatever area you're looking to buy. Someone said 18%. I'm happy that the people who have answered know their DTI. Wait, how do, you, how do you calculate that real quick? Just You don't have to go into it, just like the actual, like... Your debt-to-income ratio? Yeah. Your, what are your monthly minimum payments that's reported on your credit right. report plus the mortgage payment of the home that you're looking to purchase, divide that by your gross monthly income. Cool. Because I know on the, on the playback, they're probably going to ask in the comments. That is true. So let's do much. simple numbers, right? If you have... If you have... 
$10,000 in gross monthly income. And I said, okay, your max DTI is 35% of that. Your monthly payments can't exceed what number? Type in chat. Did you understand the question? Uh, one more time. Sorry. So, all right, get your calculators out. We come ahead and learn. If your gross rental income is 10000 I mean, not rental income, your gross monthly income is $10,000 a month, right? And I'm working this backwards. Yeah. Right? Because I want you guys to just use your brain. And let's just say I told you, hey, for this program, your DTI cannot exceed, cannot exceed 35% of your gross monthly income. What is the max income for this program? Payments that can be exceeded. 35% of $10,000. What is that? The simple math, y'all. Yeah, I don't know what somebody. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, wait. <laughs> like, somebody said 3,500. Thank you, yeah. Lila Johnson. 35%. Right? So, obviously, I worked it the other way, but yeah. it's the same thing, right? So, if you said, and that 3,500, let's just say you had $1,000 worth of monthly debt. Right. Car no credit cards, the standard third. That means your monthly payment. For your mortgage can't exceed twenty five hundred, right? And that would determine how much of a house you're going to approve for. If I said forty five percent was the max DTI, that means forty five hundred. Your payments can't exceed that. But if you had fifteen hundred dollars in monthly debt, student mm -hmm. loans, this, that, and the third, then that means your mortgage payment couldn't be more than three thousand dollars a month. Right. You see what I'm saying? So DTI is a very important factor, and most people are in that. 35 to 45, and if you go on FHA, hell, we as lenders can go up to 55% of your debt-to-income ratio to get you qualified for. So some of you said in the comments just now you didn't even know what your DTI was. Shame on you. You should know. Because, look, it's all about... The, date the rate and marry the house is all about your exit strategy. This is something that I speak about all the time, is exit strategies. So... If you are being qualified at a 40, 45, 50% debt-to-income ratio calculation today, you got to look at in the future, yes, if the rates go lower, it will lower that debt-to-income, right? But you because, have more debt, though. But you mm -hmm. might have more debt because you took out more credit cards, maybe yeah. you got a new car, something along the line. So you have to be able to factor that in for your exit. Because yeah. it's no guarantee you're going to be able to refi. You know what I mean? People come to me and my team talking about they want to refinance. They need to save money on their payment. And then we look at their situation. You at 68% DTI. You can't, you can't qualify. Sorry, man. It's a wrap for you. And it doesn't matter how much equity you have in the house either, right? No. At that point, it means nothing. Like, yeah, Your equity you is monopoly money. Your, your equity is monopoly money. It's about your ability to sort of repay us back. Right. And that formula is based DTI. So that's marry the house and date the rate foolishness to me. It sets people up for failure because they go into it, especially if they're not as educated as they should be. Mm -hmm. They go into a situation thinking that, well, my realtor or my loan officer told me I could refinance in a year when rates drop. 
and that's not the case. When I was going to ask you before, when what is what is the timeline for that, for uh, refinancing? In terms of after you purchase, how long? So some banks, so it's called seasoning, right? right? Seasoning is when you have a mortgage for a certain period of time. So a bank might say, all right, you can refinance after six months or, or six monthly payments. Okay. Or, but you won't be able to use the market value. You will have to use the appraised value at the time you purchased it. Okay. And if you want to use full market value, you have to wait at least 12 months. Mm. You better right. wait. In a, wait in a, yeah, you yeah. might as well wait. But let's just say in eight months from now, rates drop. You got a seven and a half percent. The rates drop to five. Yeah. Oh, you want to hope to God that your house is still worth what you paid for. And but again, if it's worth what you paid for and you put down three percent, five percent, you ain't got no equity, man. Yeah. So you can't refinance because unless you're willing to pay your closing costs, cash money out of your pocket. And that's another thing you got to be careful about as part of your, your exit. Right. This is a whole, see, you, we, and I'm going to keep it real with y'all. We had no clue what we was going to talk about today on today's show. <laughs> Shout out to Mike, E-Y-L, Mike. I said I had no clue what we was going to talk about today, but now we got a whole lesson being delivered here. Yeah, briefly. Brief lessons. So, because we got to go. <laughs> so, your exit is very important when you're talking about um, marry the house and date the rate is because your equity position if you putting down 3%, 5%, the way the market is going, home prices are correcting themselves. We're going back to normal appreciation. And in certain markets, yeah, the Miamis of the world, the Atlantas, you might still be getting 10% appreciation right now, 15% appreciation. But in most cases in, around the country, you're looking at 2 to 5% appreciation. So if you purchase the house and you only put down 3% down payment, three and a half percent down payment, five percent down payment, you only you really have five percent. Your down payment is your equity. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Especially if that house just appraised for what you purchased it for. So that's your your equity in most cases is what you put into it. Right. Now, if it only appreciated five percent, mm -hmm. let's just say you buy a five hundred thousand dollar house, you put five percent down, that's twenty five thousand. So let's just say you're in the market in a year, it appreciated 5%, which in the regular real estate cycle, 5% appreciation is a home run in one okay. year. That's fucking ridiculous. Yeah. But we've just been accustomed to 2020 and 2021 with these 20 plus percents, right? But if you only appreciated 5% off that half a million, that means your house went from 500000 to 525 in one year. And most likely, you only owe 475 yeah. Because in your first year, you're not paying down much principal. Remember, right. in the first year, you probably only paid down, if you started your loan at four seventy five, you only probably paid down $5,000 in principal that mm -hmm. first year. So let's just say, hypothetically, that's the scenario. We're going to do some more math, get your calculators out, including YouTube's, right? So if you got four seventy that you owe after a year, and your house only appreciated 5% and you at 525%, $525,000 value, what's your loan to value? Type in chat. If you owe 470 and the house is worth 525 right now after a year, what is your loan to value? Type in chat. What is your LTV? We need Jeopardy music, Tooks. Yeah. 
We do it. I don't know if that's if that's okay, if that's copyright, but we definitely do. Oh, no. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> never mind. What's the LTV talks? Um so that's basically so just just how I'm thinking about it is the difference between four seventy and five twenty five. Okay. What's that right. number? Fifty five thousand. No, not how much equity you have in the house. What's your loan to value? Oh. I don't know. So you do four seventy. That's what, just, that's what I just said. No, no, no. You calculated the equity. You said fifty five thousand. Yeah. Who's talking money? That's not what I'm asking. Okay. LTV is telling me what the percentage of financing that you are borrowing, right? So you have four seventy divided by five twenty five. That gives you eighty nine. Oh, you divide it. Yes. Got you. Got so you. you do loan amount divided by value. That's how you figure out your LTV. Uh, loan amount divided by value. That's how you figure out your LTV. So in that scenario, you're at an 89.5% LTV. You're not, at, you're not at 90%. Copy, copy. You're not at 90% um, YS um, Warren. You don't want to um, um, increase it like that. Reason being, because when you're above 90%, so there's tears, right? Again, I'm going to give y'all some game right now. There's, <laughs> there's, there's LTV buckets, right? So you got buckets from 80, 80 to 85, 85 to 89.99, 90 to 95. You see what I'm saying? Right. So the higher you're financing, the worse your rate is. So if you said I'm at 90%, your rate will be a little bit higher than versus it's 89.5. Mm. That half a percent makes a fucking difference. <laughs> right. It could be the equivalent to an eighth of a point rate. But, so in most refinance situations, with an 89 and a half LTV, you'll be able to, you, you meet the guidelines for refinance, right? Okay. But we still haven't included closing costs. So now you got to include your closing cost number because remember, when you're doing a refinance, the closing costs are incorporated into your mortgage. And in most cases, you're going to have closing costs, let's just say worst case scenario, 5%. Okay, 5%. So now you add that 89.9 plus that 5%, that gives you, what did I say, 89.5 plus 5%, that gives you an LTV of 94.5%. Okay. Now, if you are a single-family owner and you're trying to do a refinance, you can do a refinance at 95% LTV, but your interest rate ain't going to be, let's just say the market dropped from 75 to 5%, you ain't getting no fucking 5%. Yeah. You might get six because you have a high financing. If you are a duplex, triplex, quad owner, especially if you're trying to house hack <laughs> and if you got the damn house hackonomics book it's taught in here if you are trying to house hack and get out of that FHA loan which you only put down 3.5% mm -hmm. and go into a conventional loan so you can repeat your process guess what you can't refinance into a conventional loan because if you got a duplex triplex or a quad you need a LTV of 80% so you 15% above where you need to be. 
Interesting. I know, I know I'm talking, I'm probably going over a lot of people's head right now. I'm sorry. Right. So, okay. <laughs> so 470, right? Just so to recap this so I know I have this, right? That 470 was what the house was purchased at? No, remember you purchased the house at five hundred. Okay, so five hundred. You put now five. The example was you purchased the house at five hundred thousand. You okay. put five percent down payment when you purchased the house. That's twenty five thousand. So your loan amount started off at four seventy five, and I'm assuming this is a primary residence, single family home, conventional financing when you purchased the house. Okay. After a year, you probably paid down if you made no extra payments on your thing. Put this on the sh- on your on the charger. Cause my phone about to die. And I need my phone. Um, your principal payment balance probably only went down five thousand dollars, as an example. So that's why I said your loan amount when you're trying to refinance is four seventy. Okay. But your house appreciated five percent from the five hundred you paid for it. So you gained twenty five thousand in equity over the first year which is good, that's how we came up with the 89.5% loan-to-value. And that example was only for a single-family home. Okay. So that's why I'm trying to teach y'all, when you, when you hear, marry the house and date the rate, maybe that'd be the name of this episode. Marry the house, date the rate, right? When you hear that, if you're a single-family home buyer, you have to be wary. If you're going into it or buying a house with that in your brain if I'm going to be able to refinance. And especially if you're only putting down 3%, 5%, something like that, your ass better be understanding your exit strategy. Because when people, you hear these fools say this stuff, because I, I like, like I hate it. Yeah. Because you're not giving people the game behind it. That shit ain't guaranteed. There's too many factors in it. You yeah, understand? Yeah, yeah. Now, if you two to four family and you, and you are house hackonomics in your way through this shit, and you put down three and a half percent and you think you're going house hacking a year and refinance, or you out of your you out of your mother effing mind. You ain't refinancing nothing. Yeah. This is why I always tell my multifamily buyers you need to start thinking like even my single family. Any fucking buyer. Think like an investor, man. Think like an investor. Get something that's a piece of crap, fix it up, use a tool 3K, force your appreciation. So that way when you're ready to refinance, you have better numbers now let's play devil's advocate for this is for the market is going to crash people okay let's say now your house depreciates five percent in the year so you purchased it for five hundred thousand and it depreciated five percent but you put down five percent so you 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 paid 500 you put down five percent down payment you bought 475 you paid off 5000 in principal balance after year mortgage payments because you made no extra principal payments. So you, now you owe four seventy, but now your house went from 500000 and it went 5% less. So now the house is only worth four seventy five. You owe four seventy. You ain't got no room to refinance. You bought a line upside down. But you bought the house based off the married house date to rate. And you thought a refinance was guaranteed. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? So when you hear marry the house and date the rate, understand that that date ain't guaranteed in the year. <laughs> Shorty might have moved on. <laughs> she gone, player. She gone. Your game wasn't good enough to keep her 
interested for a whole year. She ain't interested no more. You get where I'm going with this? Yeah. No, no you don't. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. Do you understand? Okay. One more time. One more time. This is a lot to uh, digest. I'm not a professional, you know. So that 5%, since you put down on the $500,000 house, right? Mm -hmm. That's where you're getting the 475 from? Because, Correct. Because that's what you're technically borrowing from the bank because you put down the 5% on top of the 500000 Correct. You don't need... That extra, like that, five percent is as an extra, like extra down payment, down payment, right? Correct. So then, the difference between that and the value of the house, the five hundred thousand, is the loan to value. Correct. Okay. Now, at the time of purchase, right? Because mm -hmm. what if a year from now the house, the value of the house goes up? That was let's say it went up five percent. Right. So now the house went from five hundred thousand to five hundred and twenty-five thousand because five percent of five hundred is twenty-five thousand. Right. So you gain twenty-five thousand in equity. Okay. But now you owe the four seventy or whatever it is, and that's how we came up with the eighty-nine point five LTV because your loan versus current value. Okay. So now this LTV is going to determine if we're able to qualify for refinancing. Say that again. The LTV is, is going to determine if we're able to qualify for... One of the factors. One of the factors. So you got... Look. All right. I'm glad you asked that. Everybody type ICE in chat. I-C-E. Type ICE in chat. Type ICE in chat. I-C-E. I need everybody on this thing to type ICE in chat. Let's go to school. We in school today. <laughs> I woke up inspired today. Shout out to Alice Good Energy. Shout out to Milan. Shout out to everybody in D.C. Everybody type ice in chat because we're about to go through this. All right? Income, credit, equity. Okay. Income, credit, equity. Type that out, y'all. Income, credit, equity. That's what ice stands for. Ice, ice, baby. Let's go. Income, credit, equity. Income, credit, equity. ICE, your income, is it consistent and steady for the past two years after you purchased the house? Did you quit your job because you said, fuck, I hate my job. I got my house now. Now I'm an entrepreneur. <laughs> I'm going to okay. start this business because I took a course for 50 bucks and it said I could be a millionaire in two weeks. <laughs> so I quit my job and all my benefits and now I'm an entrepreneur. Well, guess what? You started your clock over. Congratulations. Yeah. Right? Oh, I'm still at my job. Cool. Let me check that bucket. Now, credit. Mm -hmm. Right? What's my credit score? What's my credit utilization? Did I increase my debt load? Did I increase my monthly minimum payments? Is my DTI in good favor? Am I maxed out? Because I bought this house and I wanted to do all these rehabs. I wanted to do landscaping. They had the 0% interest credit cards that everybody told me I should get because I'm be following everybody on the internet, right? No, this is real talk because this is the yeah. shit that's happening right now, mm -hmm. right? I'm getting all this credit. It's so easy to get the credit. I'm running the play, as we say, right? And this is respectfully to all my credit people. You know I love you. But as, as borrowers, we have to be smart, right? So is my... What's my credit looking like 
not just my credit score, because that's irrelevant to a certain extent, but what is my monthly minimum payments? Hey, guess what just happened? Student loan debt was voted down. So all you who thought you was going to get all your student loans wiped out, you're going to have payments now. Damn. Now that's going to be included in what? Your DTI. That falls under C, credit. Equity stands for, that's the E in ICE, a.k.a. loan to value. Do you have equity in your house? What's the percentage of equity do you have in your house? And does it meet the current guidelines for that time? Okay. So what qualifies you is income, credit, equity, ICE. Now, the equity, how much equity do you have to have? Depending on the program. And let's say FHA. A, let's say it's FHA. If you, but in most cases, people are trying to do what? Get out of FHA because they want to get rid right. of the PMI. Yeah. They want to house hack. But let's just say you okay with staying in your FHA loan. FHA is very generous for one to four family properties. You can go up to 96.5. The same 3.5% you put down, you can kind of basically do the same thing when you're doing an FHA refinance, right? So it's a little bit easier if you're staying with your FHA loan to FHA loan because you don't have the same restrictions or guidelines don't favor like convention today, yeah. right? Who knows tomorrow, but today it's a little bit more favorable if you're trying to stay in your FHA loan. But again, if you put down less than 10%, or if you refinance and with less than 10% equity, that PMI is for the life of the loan. It never goes away. So most people who get into FHA, they want to get out of it. Right. Now, if you are a house hackonomics person and you're trying to get from your multifamily, duplex, triplex, or quad and go into a conventional loan, those LTVs range, right? So on a two-family refinance, no cash out, just rate and turn refinance, you need at least 15% equity for a duplex. But once you get the triplex and quads, you need at least 20 to 25% equity to refinance for a primary residence for conventional loans. So if you coming from, I start, I brought my fourth family at 3.5% down payment, okay. and, and I brought at the retail top of the market, and I'm trying to refinance and house hack and keep it going, guess what? You didn't understand that you make money in real estate when you buy, not when you sell. So you didn't buy right. And, you, and you're not buying right in this corrective market where appreciation is normalizing in every market right now. So marry the house and date the rate, you need to understand your exits in order for this to really happen. Right. Most people have no clue of the exit strategy. Like, guys, let's be honest, and you too, Tooks, have you ever heard someone break down ice like this before? Um, I feel like we've, we've spoken about this before, but never. Exactly. Yeah. Never, no. Pretty much, if it wasn't for me, who would it be then? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly, yo. Have you ever heard anybody break this down to you before? Because I'm pretty sure you all heard the term marry the house and date the rate, but are they breaking this down to you guys? Do you guys really understand what the hell you're getting yourself into? This is why I say in the beginning of this video, if you cannot afford a seven 
percent, seven and a half percent rate, sit on the sideline, please, and wait your turn. Because this ain't it for you, man. This ain't it. And I'm and look, I get paid to close loans. I want to close all your loans. Apply with MG.com. But <laughs> some of you just can't afford it. And you're foreclosure away. You're one bad month away from not being able to make your payment. Because you barely had no money to buy the house. You're looking for seller's concessions because you ain't got no money. You're trying to find all the home down payment assistance programs because you ain't got no money. Which I'm not knocking none of this stuff, but let's call a spade a spade. I'm not here to sugarcoat this shit for you, man. I'm here to tell you the God's honest truth. So help me God. And if you don't like it, then maybe this ain't the channel for you. Maybe you got to go to somewhere else who's going to sugarcoat and sell you a dream because they're just trying to bang your ass out. Pause. And get your money. I'm a commission worker. I want your com I want the commission. Let's not get it twisted. Because when I see these rates drop, I'm going to be the first person on here so screaming <laughs> to the top of my lungs. Rates drop, y'all. Let's go. Right? Yeah. But I'm telling you the real talk. Some of y'all don't know what the hell y'all doing. I, I speak to y'all. I'm at events this weekend. I'm at two events in the same day in two different cities. I'm in D.C. and Atlanta. What do you think I'm talking about? I walk in the D.C. event. I'm MG the Mortgage Guy. I walk at Alex Good Energy birthday party, which was the party of the year, y'all. If you wasn't there, you wasn't there. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> that was the party of the year. <laughs> I ain't going to hold you up. But... What do you think people come to me when they networking with MG? And these are multimillionaires I'm talking about now. Entrepreneurs, multimillionaires. What do you think they're talking to me about? Real estate. They know that's my SME. That's my subject market expertise. So they're talking to me about real estate. Yeah. And I'm having conversations and dialogue. And I'm realizing, damn, you don't know shit either. But this is what I'm here for, man. To give you the game so you understand. Not to put yourself in a predicament. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at BeatTheStigma.org. Don't fall for the shenanigans, ladies and gentlemen. Don't <laughs> fall for the shenanigans of the internet and the salespeople who are out here to see you do wrong. Is there a simple way to approach the home buying process? Is yeah. there like certain steps in your head that you can say like, all right, this is what I need in order for me to buy this or if I'm using this product, like... I feel like the reason why it's so hard to understand this kind of stuff is because there's no set structure for me in my head to be able to break down and walk into a home, you know, uh, uh, buying a home. So, like, what's the 
Like, what do you think about? Because you seem to know this off the top of your head, obviously, because you've been doing it for so long. But if you wanted to buy your own house, what are you thinking about using FHA loan, let's say? If I'm buying any house right now, today's market, the first thing I'm, I'm looking at is, number one, first thing I'm looking at is me. Okay. First things first. Where am I financially? Can I really afford this? Right. Is this the right move for me? Once I determine that stuff, am, am I, and again, mindset goes into that too. Am I mentally ready to take on this new challenge of a new property? Do I need that? Once I figure that out, my next step is, okay, where am I, after I figure out where am I financially, what can I afford, my budget, da 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 Okay, I know the game for me, so I already know my DTIs. I know everything okay. that I'm doing. So again, it's different for me. Right. So now my next thing I'm looking at is, if it's a primary neighborhood, how much, how much, where am I looking to live, and how much am I willing to spend on a monthly basis to live in that neighborhood? Okay. Is it worth it for me to spend the money to live here? Now, every penny I'm, I'm spending for Garland Gardens, and I have not slept one day in this house. Yeah. And I've been paying mortgage for almost three years now, and I haven't slept one day in this house. It's worth every penny to me. Every penny. To you. That's to what's me, important. To me. Yeah. It's worth it to me. Right. Because when this is done, by next summer, I'm going to live like I'm living on a vacation. Okay. So for me, it's worth it. Right. So I'm looking at that. That's where I'm at in my life, right? Everybody's in different places in their life. So if I was a first-time home buyer, I personally would be looking at where can I go to in the neighborhood that I can afford, but also might have an opportunity where I can force my appreciation. Okay. It's actually the same thing I'm doing at Garland Gardens. I didn't go and buy the two and a half, three million dollar house in that neighborhood. Yeah. Which you know that neighborhood. There's plenty of those. Right. I went and I purchased the one for nine hundred. But you were you went into that as an investor more so. I, I you still had an investor's mindset. Mindset. Thank you. I'm to, glad you said that. Yeah. Because, that's how I feel. Because what do I say? What did I just say here? Yeah. You got to stop thinking like emotional home buyers and start putting on your investor hat and looking to force your appreciation in this market. So even with this house, I could have went into the emotional home buyer want to buy my dream house and this, that, and third in my dream area. And I could have spent $3 million and, and got it and got qualified for it with no problem. Yeah. I would, I would I'd be chilling right now. Honestly, we would probably be in, in, in the studio in the crib right now. <laughs> we wouldn't even be here where we yeah. are right now just to keep it a buck. But... I went into it with an investor's mindset to say, you know what? I want to learn how to build. I want to be a builder. So let me figure this out. And I'm going to make certain sacrifices so that way I can live a lifestyle that few people will be able to live because I'm sacrificing t my today for tomorrow. And I thought like an investor, if I put this money into this house, will I be able to, shit hits the fan, worst case scenario, can I sell this house back and make a profit? Right. Or worst case scenario, can I break even and get all my money that I put into this property? Absolutely. Even in this market, I can. Right? So this is if I was a first time home buyer, I would be thinking the same way. 
is I'm not trying to be emotional about this. I'm trying to be smart. I'm trying to get myself a deal. I'm trying to sit here and figure out how do I really maximize my opportunity and not get caught being upside down. And the best way to prevent that is buying something that you got to put work into. It's painful. It's hard. It's not easy. You're going to get conned. You're going to get scammed by the scammer, con artists, contractors out there. And there's a lot of good, good, good ones. You know what I'm saying? But like, I'm just keeping it real. Yeah. You're going to go through some growing pains when you're doing this stuff. And it's not going to be easy. But at the end of the day, is it worth it? Am I willing to sacrifice short-term happiness for long-term happiness? Yes. I'm, I'm miserable some days. You see me, I'll be pissed off some days. Like, this shit is the bullshit. I don't, I don't yeah. want to deal with this shit, but I understand as it's coming together, I'm like, okay. And especially after now going to Good Energy House, <laughs> after he's been working on his house for almost two years, and seeing, like, from, I saw the house when it was dirt. Yeah. And his backyard, to now see what his backyard looks like now, it's like, oh, my God. You're goddamn right I'm going to wait now. <laughs> and I'm going to take my time because the reward is ridiculous. Yeah, I, I agree. It's just a longer process, for sure. It's sacrifice, man. Yeah. Sometimes you got to take two steps backwards to take 10 steps forward in life. And I think sometimes we're not willing to do that as people. We're willing, we just want, it's like a microwave. We just want everything today, tomorrow. We're impatient. And when we're impatient, we make mistakes. So if I was a first time home buyer, I would be looking at myself first. Where am I at financially? What can I really afford? Where do I really want to live? And what sacrifices am I willing to make in order to have long-term happiness and success? And now, if I get into something seven, seven and a half percent, cool. I can afford it. I'm not financially strapped behind it. I have reserves. And if and when the market does drop, I know the game well enough to know I'm going to be in position to exit out of this. So that way, that marry the house and date the rate phrase that gets thrown around a lot, it actually comes true. But for a lot of people, bro, I'm telling you right now, it ain't going to come true. Because a lot of y'all brought wrong and don't know what the hell you're doing. So how do you buy right in today's market in order for you to be in a position to, you know, not be upside down? Educate yourself to the highest level. Understand DTR. Understand LTV. Understand how to calculate these things. Understand mortgage products and programs. Understanding what product and program you're in right now and what will be the potential exit product and learn about that product. So if I know I'm trying to house hack my life away, right? Shameless plug again. MGBookstore.com, please. If I'm trying to house hack my, my, my life away, I'm not buying a two to four family at sticker price. What sticker? So you said you mentioned sticker price before, but that's the retail, the list price. So if it's okay. on the market and listed with a realtor, they want five hundred thousand. I'm not paying them five hundred thousand. That's mm. at the top of them. That's the market. Okay. What do the comps say? Is the house worth five fifty right now? And they're just trying to like get some sales going. Right. But if the comps are telling me this house is really worth five hundred and they got it listed for five hundred, I'm not trying to pay you five hundred. Yeah. I may come in disrespectful. Four twenty five. I don't give a fuck right now. 
Yeah. And work my way. And it's tough. I may lose the deal. 100%. I may lose the deal. I have to be willing to lose the deal. Right? Like, I I, I might have to want to lose the deal. But I don't care how much I like the house. I'm not trying to give you what you want for it. I need to be lowered somewhere. Even if I'm lowered 5%. Let's just say I come in at 475 and we agree on 475 and the house does appraise at 500. Great. And then it goes up the 5% that we mentioned earlier. Now I'm at 425, but I borrow, I started off at 475 and I put 5% down on 475, so I'm probably borrowing like 450. Now I have more equity. Mm, now okay. I'm preparing myself better for my exit. Okay, so that's that's pretty simple though to uh, to understand. It's yeah. pretty simple if the yeah. sellers agree to it. It's just tough. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. But you gotta you gotta deal with it too. You gotta know that you, you know. got. But again, you yeah. have to know where the where's the neighborhood tra- trajectory right currently. Because again, I can know all the neighborhood trajectory. I'm paying attention to the comps, da 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 da, and I'm like, I right, bet. But the neighborhood could shift too. But even in that year, I got to be paying attention. I got to set my alerts on the Zillows and the Trulias and the Redfins. And every time a, a home is sold in my neighborhood, I need that alert to see what it's sold for. Yeah. I, I, just because I purchased the house, the job ain't done, man. Because I need to exit. So I need to be glued in, tapped into everything that's going on. I need to keep my spending low, my savings high, my debt low. Make sure my income is consistent. Make sure there's no changes in my income that could potentially hurt my refi in the future, right? And you don't know when that time is going to come, so you it's timing, right? Because rates go up faster than they go down fast. Because when they go down, you see how rates jumped, you know, a year, some change ago. It was at 3% one day, then it jumped up a whole point, 4%. The next thing you know, we at 6% in like two months. Yeah. It's not going to drop down that fast. Right. It's going to slow trickles. And then it's all about timing, too. So you don't even want to pull the trigger too fast sometimes. But you don't want to pull it too slow. Because mm. it can go down, and it can whoop, go right back up quick. And you're like, damn, I missed the boat. I didn't lock in. Is it, is it, like, is it safe to, to look at things like, let's say we, we look at the banks and the interest rates, right? The way I see it is if, you had the money and you were lending it to people to purchase a house. Like you would want to hold on to your money and keep it or you charge more for interest whenever other things are shifting in the market. So it's like similar to how the banks work when it comes to like lending and No, it's just if I have if I'm a lender, I'm a lender. My job is to lend. So I'm yeah. looking for qualified b- borrowers who demonstrate an ability to repay me back. But that that ability that's where the rates come in, right? Because you would have to charge no, a higher interest that's rate. Where everything comes in, bro. Ice. Ice. The right. ability to repay back is based off of those three principles: income, credit, and equity in your home. How's your income? Can I can I verify it? Is it documented? Is it consistent? Is it fluctuating? Because if it is, I make a decision right there, I ain't comfortable with you. Yeah. Right. But if it meets all my checkpoints and my bullet points from that eye, I move on to now your credit. What's your DTR? What's your utilization looking like? Do you got collections and late payments? Do you got student loans? 
Are they deferred? Are you on income-based repayment plans? How does this really look? Right? Because that credit is a reason that can determine whether your ability to repay me is solid or not. Just like the I, the income. Yeah. Right? If you jump in jobs every two weeks, oh, nigga, you ain't consistent. Right, right. Now you got the E, the equity. How much was your equity position? How much skin are you really having the game right now because you have a good equity position? And how much am I willing to lend you based off of your equity position? So as a lender, that's what we're looking at. It doesn't meet all the other guidelines that fall into those three categories, income, credit, equity. Doesn't meet those buckets because yeah. it's a long list of things in all three of them. You know what I'm saying? Long yeah. list. But that's the main thing, ICE, income, credit, and equity. I think I asked that question wrong. Basically, who controls their interest rates? Do the banks the, control it? That's, that's what whole, the question, that's, that's what the real question was. I'm not getting into that lesson, bro. <laughs> that's a lesson well, you won't Well, that's what I'm today. saying. So if the How banks much time have we been on this? <laughs> well, okay, real quick. So right. if the banks do control the interest rates, The banks rates, don't right? control it. Okay. All right. the look, let, me, let me not say that. Okay. How can I say this? What I'm going it's called, <laughs> it's, it's the bond market, mortgage-backed securities, right? So the jobs report came out, it was favorable, right? That means the economy's doing good, jobs are being added. Right. The MBSs did not do well. They went higher and higher because it was a job growth is not good for bonds. Job so growth is not good for bonds. Okay. It's not good for the bonds, so the MBS they went higher. 10-year Treasury went higher, which caused mortgage rates to go. It was in the mid-sixes, and it skyrocketed above 7% um, last week. It's because the job report was a direct reflection. So economic data really determines what's happening. Mm. Because with the bonds and the 10-year Treasury, it's a whole thing. I know I've been telling you I'll teach a class on this one day, but it's just like, <laughs> even when I start thinking about it, I'm like, damn, this is, how am I going to explain this to y'all? Yeah. So you can really understand it because I sw I'll be up here and I'll lose 90% of y'all. Yeah. I'm just a really, I'm a really, really so, deep thinker. So like, I, I like to know every single aspect of everything. But you don't so, need to know every single aspect Not to purchase it. a house. I'm just saying like, for me personally, like, I just, and, that's and, just how And I the am. feds do not control mortgage rates, guys. It's not the feds. I just told you. It's the 10-year treasury and the mortgage-backed securities. Now, when the federal funds rates go up and down, it sometimes correlates with mortgage rates just depending on everything else that's happening yeah. with the MBSs and the 10-year treasury because sometimes if the feds raise you can see mortgage rates rise too but in most cases when the feds been raising rates the mortgage rates have been going down mm. so it's no rhyme or reason behind this shit and yeah. then on top of that once you get past that stuff yeah each individual bank has to set their own margin of what they need to make to stay profitable and actually originate, process, underwrite, close, fund, ship, service your loan. Yeah. So that's going to determine overall. Long story short, everybody eats, B. <laughs> <laughs> it's a business, yeah. yeah. Everybody eats. Yeah. The bank ain't going to lose, player. Yeah. We ain't trying to lose. Okay. So it's a lot that comes with it. Long yeah. story short, it's not just one thing that controls 
where the rates are going. It's a combination of right. many things. That's why when the pandemic happened and they shut America down, this is why I was confident saying, yo, mortgage rates are going to get lower and it's going to be a frenzy. You know why I knew that? Because I knew they was going to start buying MBSs. I knew the government was going to start buying mortgage-backed securities, which they did. They was buying billions and billions and billions of dollars of mortgage-backed securities because you know why? Because they got to keep the economy going because the housing sector is a big component of the overall economy. So they started buying mortgage-backed securities by the billions every single month. And as they was buying these bonds, buying these bonds, that did what? That drove rates down. So, yeah. And so, when, you, know, you know your stuff, man. And when, you know they, your stuff. and when they said they were going to stop purchasing and they started tapering off, yeah, I said, oh, you're on the clock because <laughs> they're going to go from 50, 60 billion to no billion in the next six to eight months. And then they extended it. And I was like, yeah, better, yeah, better get on this because the gig is up soon. Why don't you talk about that stuff ever, though? Because you never really talked on that t- like in, level in, of, in, of, in uh, detail. Well, yeah, I mean, that's like, that's like, you got to really be tapped in and know some stuff like that. Yeah, but that's not for this free free community of YouTube. There is a community for it, though. There yeah, you got to come behind my paywall for, to really learn that type of stuff. <laughs> I'm sorry. Because it's, it's it is for me, it t- it's going to take a lot out of me to put it into lamest terms so you can understand it. Yeah. Because now I got to really put together a, a whole curriculum for you to understand 10-year treasuries, how they work, mortgage-backed securities, you know, second, this is all secondary market shit. Who's doing that, though? Who's doing what? Teaching that. Nobody. <laughs> like, uh, okay. nobody in this space, if you in the mortgage business, there are mortgage people, Yeah. right, like, that teach this stuff. Right. But, again, that's behind paid walls, too. And yeah, we yeah. pay a lot of money. It's a lot more than I would charge y'all. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> like, you don't want to give uh, that away for free, for sure. No, because why, why should I? Yeah. That's like, I'm really giving, I'm teaching you how to read charts. It's like, but if you understand, if you watch all my guys who are in the stock game and everything like that, they be teaching y'all how to write, read the charts. Yeah. I'm just taking you to different charts. Right. But I'm not going to have a whole chart reading class on here. Like, for what? I that, don't, that don't benefit me. <laughs> like, that, that's gonna benefit me because I'm trying to. I like I'm technical with stuff like that. I like to learn. That yeah, but that doesn't benefit me in my you. time to really sit here and go through. I'd rather sit here for an hour and shoot the shit. Yeah. Versus me now, I got to use my brain power <laughs> <laughs> to the highest level, and now put this into lamest terms because this is some high complex difficult shit. It's not. Yeah. It's not hard for me to teach it, but it's just like yo, I don't want to do it yeah. unless I unless it's makes sense and honestly it would not make sense to a regular like for you guys it don't make sense like you know honestly it, it won't make sense because in my opinion because you're not in here pricing out loans you're not dealing with consumers you're not yeah. trying to learn when should i lock in the rate when should i flow the rate you're not trying to that doesn't move you yeah, you're just in the buying stage. You don't know what the you ain't even got a house. You ain't got enough money to buy the house. Why you need to learn if you should lock or float right now? <laughs> like, like that doesn't do nothing for you. It doesn't help you at all. I'd rather you not put your attention into that and just learn how to calculate your DTI. That's True. more important. True. True. I agree. You know. I agree. 
It's basically Shannon Smith said it feels like an economic class. It basically is. Who? Oh. Shannon Smith. She said it feels like a economic class, and that's kind of what it would be because you got to understand the markets. Yeah. Think about this. I just asked people what DTR or LT calculate your LTV. I got mad wrong answers. Imagine if I'm sitting here telling yeah, me. I got it wrong too. That's what I'm saying. So imagine I'm sitting here telling you about 10-year tre- treasuries and MBSs and coupons and all this other shit. And I'm buying in the, the, the fucking FNMA at 3.0s or 5.0s right now. Like imagine if I pulled up a chart right now for you. You'll lose your mind. Like you'll, lo- you'll be like, what? I got to explain to you they're buying in these pockets right now. Like, nah, chill, son. <laughs> that's fun. That's then, fun to me. Yeah, that's fun. It's not fun for me because now I'm gonna have to explain to you what is this. Yeah, no, what does I'm, that I'm be mean? Be that's what I'm annoying. saying. All of y'all gonna be annoying. Like, what, what what does that mean? What is that? Why is it going? Nah, I ain't not nah, chill, son. Yeah, not nah, facts. Look, Dwight Williams said right now they are floating because I am buying a multifamily at seven point three interest rate. Well, what y'all should do is instead of if you are in contract. Let me give you some more game real quick. You should ask your lender if they offer a loan, a rate lock with a float down option. Have you guys ever heard of this before? Yes or no in chat. Rate lock with a float down option. Yes or no in chat, please. You ever heard of that before? No. A rate lock with a float down option? I heard a rate lock, but mm-hmm. not the, the float option. Okay. Um, I don't know what that means. What do you think it means? A rate lock? With a float down option. Okay, so... Okay, so, all right. Let's say if the rate is 6% today, mm-hmm. right? Like, you could lock in at that rate, but then have the option to get it lower if it does drop down below that, possibly? Correct. Okay, that's what I'm thinking. Correct, basically. So there's certain stipulations that come with it, right? And every bank is different and guidelines if they offer it. So let's just say I lock in at 7% today, mm-hmm. 30-year fixed mortgage, but I'm locking it in with the float down option. So first of all, this might cost you more money up front in the form of points, yeah. right? Which it might be worth it. So now you pay the extra points, you lock in with the float down, and some banks will say if the rate goes f- a half a point lower, it will automatically float your rate down. Okay. So if it goes from 7% to 6.5% before closing, we'll float that down. Oh, it has to be before closing. Before, before closing. closing. Okay. Before closing. Very important. Not post-closing. Before closing. Right? It goes to 6.5. You can float it down without no extra fees. In most cases, when you lock into a rate, most lenders are not locking you into with a float down option so if you lock at seven percent and the rates go to 6.5 percent you'll have to break that rate lock and breaking the rate lock is going to cost you money and some banks won't even allow you to do that because when you break the rate lock you go to worst case pricing meaning mm-hmm. you'll go to a higher rate than you are right now so it might even be more advantageous to you and that's why he said they was floating the rate because his loan officer and him have agreed to play the market to see if the market drops before they actually lock in, which right now is super dangerous. Right? Because because the rates are going up? Because rates, he's... Or are they fluctuating he, too much? He said 
uh, or he or she, I don't remember who it was, they said they, they, they bonded to family. Yes, um, Evie, you, ha you have to pay a fee. Um, could be 1% to 3%, just depending on Linda. But he said, I have 7.3. I'm in contract for a two-family. First of all, you ain't got no 7.3, nothing. <laughs> you got a quote, homeboy or homegirl. Because you ain't locked in, so you ain't got shit. Your paperwork might say 7.3, but on that loan estimate, it says, is the interest rate locked in? And the box, no, it's checked. That means your 7.3 don't mean shit. If rates go to 8% and it's time to close, guess what? You just, congratulations, you just screwed yourself. Yeah, yeah. Now you have to lock into the eight percent, and might and you might not even go down qualify eight percent. So floating is a dangerous game in this market. Very dangerous. Very dangerous. And you, this is only if you're in contract, not pre-approval. Pre-approval means nothing. If you're only in contract, if you're floating, you're playing a danger. You're living dangerously. What's that song? You're living dangerously. Wait, so one more time. How is it dangerous, though? Because if you lock in at a rate today and it's 7%. If you lock in, yeah. is the key word. If okay. you float. If you floats. Copy. The comment in the comments, I can't remember who said it, was I am floating at 7.3 okay. interest rate. I'm in the contract to buy a two-family home. You're floating. That means you've been quoted 7.3 at the time that those disclosures were sent out to you, that was the rate for your scenario. Right. At that time, that shit could have changed the hour from then. Yeah. 30 minutes after those paperworks were sent to that person, if they didn't lock in, that rate could have changed. Just like that. Mm. So it's dangerous. Yeah. You're living too dangerously for me right now with that type of shit. Because what are you really trying to save? A quarter of a point? A yeah. quarter of a point ain't going to save you no money. So is it worth you to f float or lock? Because you ain't saving a half a point. Facts. Facts. Interesting. It's a fact. Yeah. 100% fact. So don't live dangerously. Make sure you are doing everything that you need to do to educate yourself on where the market is and where it's going. But if you're in contract, I would highly recommend lock in and see what the options is. This is why people were doing two-one buy downs too. Two-one buy downs is where you can start off two percent lower in your first year. So if you at seven percent, you can start off at five percent. Year one, year two, six percent, year three, and for the rest of the loan, you'll be at the seven percent. But you need a, a hefty sales concession to do that. Um, it's seven point three. All right, so Dwight Williams, I'm glad you chimed back in. It's seven point three percent with no buy down, and six point nine with a buy down for a four family. I'm waiting because the inspector wasn't up to par. The inspection wasn't up to par. Okay, that makes sense. Um, how much of a buy down to get it down basically three-eighths of a point? Did you have to pay 1%, 2%, Dwight, to get it down there? And blows NIFA 420. Oh, um, uh, yeah, that was... He says, why, why are you wearing a little girl bracelet? I don't know no little girl who got a fucking $15,000 bracelet on player. 
Sorry, yeah, no. humble stunt. So it shows. It shows comments on well, your phone well, that I can't well, see. Well, on here. hold on, humble stunt on you. Talking about why you wearing a little girl's bracelet? I don't know no little girls that can afford <laughs> this bracelet. <laughs> this no. is this is unisex, and huh? You, oh, make it where, where you can see it. Everybody can see it. Not so on their phone. On your phone, it says it's. He's been commenting stuff. Oh, it's. I can't see it on here. Oh That's yeah, cause you, that. oh yeah, cause you, on my phone you gotta go. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so um, I just banned him though. Yeah, but you can't even like try to come at me like that. No, nah, he's just he's just spamming stupid stuff in here. Oh, you can spam all you want. Yeah, not about he's just both of us. Oh, he's spamming about you too. Yeah, he's saying some wild stuff, but whatever. Yeah, come on, you can't talk <laughs> about this Van Cleef. You can't even spell Van Cleef. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you can't even spell Van Cleef, so don't even talk about it. <laughs> don't let me. Y'all better stop before I get on here and start being on some real, like. <laughs> uh, all right. What, what else was going with this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody said my guy got to relax. <laughs> yeah, he kept spamming stupid. So I don't know. He's weird stuff. Bro. Yeah, man. Next time he's spamming, get him out of here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Nelly Smith, what size fitted I wear? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Is it, if it's a snapback, it shouldn't matter, right? Yeah, if it's a snapback, it's a snapback. Oh, it's a fitted. You probably a uh, seven and a half. Yeah, I'm definitely a seven and a half on the fitted. I'm a seven and three eighths. Yeah, I'm definitely seven and a half. I don't like tight shit on my head. Pause. A sixteen hundred dollar buy down. Four unit is vacated and the power was off. We'll do another inspection after. Fam, we need to talk. I would like to see if your rates are better. Do I email Garland? Group at unmb.com. Send your loan estimate. Shout out to, to Hermes Attic. Said, I love Van Cleef. I have quite the collection. Shout out to you. That's 15 bands? This? Yeah, bro. Because this is all solid gold. The Clovers is solid gold. You see how most people have colors in theirs? For that? Yeah. Yeah, nah. Yeah, not me, man. Yeah, this is all solid gold with the diamonds. All, all factory. Solid 18-karat gold with the gold clovers and the diamond clovers. This ain't, this ain't no little girl nothing. <laughs> it's not getting twisted. <laughs> Please. Um, somebody said they were, they've been reading your book on house hacking. Not sure if they should wait. I don't know. Yep, that must be the one with the diamonds. Yes, it's 13K plus tax. That's a, see, Hermes Attic now. With tax, 15 bands. Yeah. Recession is being held off. When it hits, it's going to be bad. Well, see more breezy or see more busy. You guys have been saying this recession is going to hit hard and be bad for years. I'm still waiting. It's being held off? I don't know. People, it's like, you know what it is with the folks like this who say comments like that? It's going to be bad when it hits. It's the same folks a year ago, two years ago. It's going to crash. It's going to crash. It's going to crash, right? And then when it don't crash, it's like, oh, they manipulated something. Something's happening. It's going to get worse and worse and worse. Every year, every month, it's worse and worse and worse and worse. Like, dude, like, who cares? Why are we worried about things I can't control? If the recession hits hard and hits bad, okay. That don't stop me. As long as I'm alive, I'm blessed. I feel like that's just people just troll. 
That's just troll comments, I feel like. Because, I don't know. That's how I feel. <laughs> People said last year we were supposed to be in a recession really bad right now. That's a fact. Yeah, literally. Literally. It was cold, yeah. And people were getting at me saying I didn't know what I was talking about. The market's yeah. going to crash. Just watch. Wait till next year, 2023. Now they're all pushing it to 2024. <laughs> That's quiet they, now. Then some of them be pushing it to 2025. <laughs> I'm like, all right. I see where we go. I, I've seen this story before. Like, yes, Van Cleef definitely holds his value well. See, Aramaz Attic knows. You got to know about wearable assets and things to purchase. This is called about, this is another thing, buying right. This is why I don't buy reseller shit. Like, if I buy any jewelry, I buy from ADs, authorized dealers, or directly from the, 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 the source. Yeah. Or AD. You have to know how to buy right. So that way, even if the market fluctuates, which every market fluctuates, jewelry, cars, everything. But if you purchase right, you can still be up. So any jewelry piece that I buy, I make sure it's high quality. Toots told me that. Shout out to Tony. She taught me that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll get a watch soon, bro. Don't worry. I'm yeah, flexing. You, you definitely are. It's not, <laughs> but it's not flexing, though. Nah, it's not flexing. I don't, I don't really. I just, honestly, I really started using my watch more so recently. Like, I need to have it on now. So I feel like I'm, you know, it's a grown man thing now. No, you are a grown man, and you should have a watch. Every yeah. grown man should have a watch. It doesn't matter if it's a Rolex or a fucking Tag Hewler, right? Those are nice watches. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And a Tag Hewler don't cost that much yeah. in the grand scheme of things. It doesn't cost that much compared to a Rolex, but you can still have a nice timepiece. There's a few things a man should have. should always have manicures and pedicures and a nice watch. That's just my opinion. Ain't always a fresh cut. Yeah. It's 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 just, it's just it's it's when you have on when you look good you feel good. When you feel good you do good. Unless it's really hot outside and you're always sweating. Even when you're sweating, you still you still feeling good and looking good. Speaking of sweating, oh, that heat is crazy. Oh no, but it's gonna be crazier because we're going to Houston this week. Shout out to everybody in Houston. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Uh, we're going we're going we got a networking event in Houston this Thursday at Bar Fifty Fifteen. Um, you can go to mgbookstore.com or go to my Instagram page and comment the word Houston, mm -hmm. um, and I'll DM you the link or the bots will, and um, register for the free networking event from seven p.m. to midnight this thursday um Tooks and i will be in houston and then this friday and saturday we have a two-day master class in houston go to mgbookstore.com to get your tickets i think it's four seats left for that one yeah houston's gonna be hot as shit though they said it's 100 degrees every day out there humid hot and humid humid and I'm, I'm bringing shorts galore it's gonna be hotter remember it was dc it was hot when it was outside yeah. taking those pictures Oh, it's gonna be hotter. Oh, so we're not gonna be outside then? Nah, we're not. But but bar fifty one fifteen, they got an outside component, which sucks. And I think majority of it is outside. That's why we're not going to like the Sunco now. <laughs> we might no. not go there until like eight o'clock. Damn. Facts. You know what someone told me? Bring one of those portable fans. So I'm gonna go buy one of those portable fans um the day I go get my hair cut. Why don't you just buy one out there? 
Nah, because they probably sold out out there. I'd rather go with it there knowing I have it. Amazon. Amazon. Well, get a Prime. Get it tomorrow. I'm going to order that shit tonight. Yeah. Um, MG, when are you going back to Detroit? Those houses were super cheap. Uh, so the team is going to be in Detroit. Um, EYL, they're having something with Allot. Earn your master's. Um, in Detroit, I think that's going to be on July 22nd. Go to Earn Your Leisure's page to get more information. Someone said they're flying to Vegas. They're saying it's 110 degrees. It's crazy. We haven't been to Vegas since, well, I haven't, since Envy. Yeah, next time I go to Vegas. No, I have. I mean, I went to Usher concert. No, I, said, I, I haven't. I used to go a lot, but yeah, I haven't but been. I'm going back to Vegas probably this year. For what? I want to go see Usher. Yeah, I thought you was going for work. Well, that is what? work. How come nobody goes there for like webinar? I mean seminars. Bro, I'm not thinking about no seminar if I go to Vegas. I'm going to Vegas to see Usher and Gamble. Yeah, but nobody. I, who's doing events in Vegas? Not me. In the past couple years, at three years, there's been no, nothing going on in Vegas. There've been conventions, just not our people. I've been seeing, but I'm not. I'm. Not, I have no interest in doing that. Interesting. I'm gonna go see Usher. Two step my <laughs> life away. Go gamble. And go eat at some of the finest restaurants out there. Do you predict feds will raise rates two more times in 2023, says Al Walker? I don't care. <laughs> if they do, they do. If they don't, they don't. I don't care. Just be honest. MG, what's the process in buying a house, or a ca- buying a house cash? Uh, you make an offer. <laughs> Say it's all cash, and if they accept it, you get into contract, get you a title report and appraisal, it comes back to your liking, then you go to closing. Does it ever make sense to buy a house cash, though? In my opinion, no. Unless it's like a cheap house, like under like fifty, sixty thousand, was okay. difficult to get a loan. But in my case, no. I'm not going to spend my my money cash on no fucking house for what? When Four I or five hundred thousand just on cash on a house. That I can't go in my mailbox and say, give me back my money right away because I got to refinance and yeah. qualify for loans and stuff like that to even get my money back. So I'd rather just get a loan, leverage, OPM, other people's money. So when you buy a house cash, the money's already, that's it, right? You can't even take out any line of credit or anything. You can, but you got to qualify. Mm. And now I'm paying interest. So now you technically have a loan. You have a loan. It's not yeah. technically you have a loan. You have a loan then at that point. Because if you don't pay the loan back, guess what they'll do? Yeah. Foreclose on you. Damn. Imagine getting foreclosed on after you pay cash for a house, $400,000, $500,000. Yeah. That's what happens. It happens. Uh, Janika, I think that's how you pronounce your name. Anything after Philly besides InvestFest? Only thing, I got an event in um, Jamaica. We're going to be in Jamaica. Uh August 19th. Um, so we're going to be in Jamaica for an event. And there's something else that, that's being worked on. I don't know. I don't remember. But after Jamaica, then it's InvestFest. Or Chicago? I think that's going to be in um, September. Beyond having an event in Ohio on September 22nd, I believe. He wants me to come out there. So we might go to Ohio because we haven't really been out there. Cleveland? Cleveland. Yeah. How long have we been on this? A bit longer than we should have been. How long is that, though? I can't see the timer. Um, an hour and a half. Hour and a half? All right. Uh, 
We're not taking calls today? Bro, you want to take calls? It's 8 o'clock. It's 8 o'clock? <laughs> yeah. Oh, hell no. <laughs> it's 8 o'clock. Look, guys. Um, it's been real. Um, love, love you guys. But I got to get the hell out of Dodge. I hope to see you guys in Houston again this Thursday. We got the networking event at Bar 5015. I'm going to post it um, when we get off of this later on today. And then we got the networking. I mean, that's the networking event on Thursday. And then we got the two-day master class um, Friday and Saturday. Oh, man, if you don't come to that class and you live in Houston, congratulations. You played yourself because that class is going to be super dynamic. It's a small class. Less than 50 students will be allowed there. Um, and I think I only have four or five seats left for that one. So go to mgbookstore.com, get your tickets today. And while you're there, pick up my books, The Real Estate Investors Manifesto, House Hackonomics. Pick up the books. And Houston, I'll see you guys on Thursday. We're coming back on live tomorrow. Hopefully we can announce um, some new changes that you're going to see on the channel. Um, and, yeah, that's all I got for y'all. So, Tooks, any final words? Nope. <laughs> Tooks ready to go. Yeah, it's hot in here, man. It is. All right, we got to go. Peace, love, and hair grease. Uh, be safe out there. God bless. Peace. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.